0: What
1: they're doing is extremely risky. Either they know something that we don't,
2: Which is or they're possible. just over
1: it, or, or, or they're just over it. Point blank, period. That literally, like they just like let somebody get somebody else to do it, and you know it is what it is. But yeah, that that would be very arrogant if someone comes out and and pays the money you know that that they say that they may not be willing to pay. happy international
3: women's day rita Hubbard, the nfl chick
1: welcome thank you i'm glad to be here on women wednesday and national international women's day and women's history month so we got a lot of women things going on here <laughs> i sense a
3: theme i sense a theme <laughs> i'm so happy to have you here today especially obviously because you have a wealth of knowledge, but also because shortly before we went on air yesterday, the news broke about Lamar Jackson and that the Ravens were gonna use the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. And so we obviously reacted to it in the moment, but now that we've had a data to process it and more news came out later that night and throughout the day, I thought there's no one better than you to have this conversation with. Obviously, we know, you know, all the NFL, but you are a Baltimore girl. You know all about the Ravens. You were there. And so I we heard a little bit of you um, from your radio show. But I, you know, I'm a little perplexed by this decision. You know that they what they did. I I just I players like Lamar don't fall off trees and I don't understand what they're doing you know and maybe I'm a little too pro player but I'm just like pay the man like what like I just don't understand what's going on so maybe there's something I'm I'm missing maybe I don't you know understand but please talk to us tell us tell me what your initial reaction is and just what do you think is going on in Baltimore
1: so first things first well a lot is missing here we don't know what the Ravens offered Lamar we don't know what Lamar's um, line is in terms of what he's willing to take. So there's that. They both agreed that they weren't going to have these conversations um, to the media. So they've been pretty private about that. And a lot of this has been speculation, although Lamar did um, tease last year that it was somewhere between 160 and $180 million guarantee in total guarantees that he was offered. That was last year. Um, so, you know, at first when this non-exclusive tag came out, it was very like Wow, I didn't think that they'd do that, right? Because you run the risk of someone else coming in and saying, hey, I got a lot of money and I I can up front a lot of this money to give to you and I can make it an offer that the Ravens simply cannot match because they don't have the cap space. Well, then shortly thereafter that the Ravens said that they're doing a non-exclusive tag, you start to see, you know, the apples starting falling from the tree and it's immediate, The Falcons said that they weren't doing it, who obviously had the most cap space and are in need of a quarterback in a division that really has no quarterbacks. Well, prior to Derek Carr signing, let me be clear. Prior to that, they had nobody. I mean, Kyle Trask was the veteran uh, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was backing up for Tom Brady. So, they came out and said, we're not going for him. The Panthers came out. Then the Raiders came out, although they tried to clean that up and say, oh, well, we're not out of any quarterback market. And then other teams like the, the commanders and such follow. So you started seeing questions. And I myself asked that question, like, what is going on here? And it does feel like some type of collusion. The problem is, is that obviously you'd have to really, you know, find evidence of that. And we don't know that. We don't know how any of this played out, right? But it feels that way because we know that the Panthers need a quarterback. We know the Falcons need a quarterback. We know the Raiders need a quarterback. The Commanders could use a quarterback. So right. this is very odd to me that those teams were the ones that came out and said, "Oh no, you know, we're not in the market um, for Lamar Jackson." Couple things though. So I am in the the I am in the 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 lap of I think that there is some collusion going on. There's another part of this that I think we don't talk about that maybe could be a a possibility in the fact that no other team wants to do the work for the Ravens. So the Ravens are allowing Lamar to talk to people and get his market value, and then they'll match it. Well, maybe there's a possibility that nobody wants to do the Ravens' dirty work for them either. And that they're saying, you on your own. If you want (laughs) to get the situation out, you got to do that on your own. But I firmly believe personally, and even Mike Florio, NBC affiliate, has said this. I truly believe that this really feels like the owners are sticking it to the NFL PA, not just Lamar Jackson. This is not a Lamar Jackson thing. Let me be clear. I think that the owners are sticking it to the PA saying we are not going to allow you guys to set the market we're the owners we're going to set the market and because lamar doesn't have representation it's easy for it to be him that unfortunately gets the fall in all of this and that was gonna be my my question like
3: is this this seems like having it not having an agent probably in this particular situation is turning out to be somewhat detrimental to him
1: Yeah. My thing is this. Look, the NFL is a nasty business. okay? And these are billionaires. All 32 owners are billionaires. So they're going to play the hard game. They're going to play the long game. And so if you're going to want to go up against these billionaires, you're going to have to have a team that can do just that. Even if you don't want an agent, if you want to find someone that that is completely good with litigation and contract review and, and such, because what we like to do is say, well, Roquan Smith did it without an agent. Ah, Roquan Smith had help and Roquan Smith had a guy who literally has he can do every single thing an agent do he is just not listed as an agent by the nflpa he's just short of an agent in name only everything else he does exactly what the agents do so that's very disingenuous when people say stuff like that you need someone that is going to be able to vouch for you to ride for you because you don't have the experience on your side and you're going against a bunch of billionaires who are not interested in guaranteeing contracts fully to anybody, whether it's the quarterback, the running back, it doesn't matter. They're not interested in doing that. And you see that by the contracts that have come out since the Deshaun the, the Watson contract. Oh, by the way, Deshaun Watson came out the other day and said he's willing to restructure the contract. So I'm interested in that too. But I, I just really think that Lamar needs someone on his side that has the experience to go up against the owners, that has the experience that can litigate for him to get the best deal for him. Because as of right now, the NFLPA is not really helping him in this situation.
3: Yeah. Um, Jim Trotter was on yesterday with us when this news, like when we were reacting to it. And one of his takes or his opinions on this is that the, the Ravens don't really know how to react to this because I think most people may have expected Lamar to fold by this point because usually it's, it's a lot of money anyway at some point. So, like, players just usually give in. And he's really standing on, I know my worth and I know my value and I'm not going to settle. And so, I mean, they're at a standstill. Like, what like what's going to be the first domino to fall? Like, how is this impasse going to be broken?
1: I'm curious, too, because you got guys like Joe Burrow, who has been to two AFC championships back-to-back um, coming up. You got a guy like Justin Herbert who's coming up. You got a Jalen Hurts that they could potentially go to the table now and offer a contract for who went to a Super Bowl. So if those three guys are not get, taking fully guaranteed contracts, I'm not really sure what Lamar's leg is going to be to stand on because ultimately the owners are the ones that run this show, whether we like it or not. This is not me agreeing by any means. I would love Lamar to get whatever it is that he's asking for, I would love that. It just is not working that way. And unfortunately, the powers that be, the ones that have the money, are the ones that's moving the chess pieces on this board, not the players. And so that's the part that I think is extremely frustrating is because I don't know how long this is going to be. Does Lamar even show up? Does he he just sit this out and say, I'm not going to do this? But then you run the risk of we doing this all over again because the Ravens have two consecutive years in which they can tag him. So, you know, it will be interesting to see how this is moving forward. But as of right now, the owners seem to be in on not fully guaranteeing contracts and not playing the game of the high bidding war because they they themselves don't want to succumb to paying fully guaranteed contracts in the long run.
3: And you mentioned that you don't think this is necessarily like about Lamar, although an agent could help him, but there's, you believe there's collusion. It's like this concerted effort, but is there any part of it about Lamar just in terms of kind of his personality? He says a lot on, you know, on, on social media. He has the injury history, you know, or is that just whatever? Those are it doesn't matter because of the the generational talent that he is. Those things shouldn't matter.
1: I mean, the thing is is that I, if I'm a GM, I'm questioning the durability at this point because you've missed games the last two seasons, and then the last season you were in a playoff hunt and you weren't able to. Again, this is not how I feel. I, I if you get injured, you get injured. But if you're someone that is trying to pay someone. Obviously, that's going to come up. Health is going to come up, and you missed, I think, about fifteen games or something in the within the last two years. That's that says a lot, and so that could absolutely be one of the things that's holding this situation back. Which is the Ravens probably saying, okay, but we don't know if you can finish season, seasons anymore because it's been two years in a row that that's not happened. And Lamar can say, but my value to this team because I've uplifted so many guys around me that of lesser talent that i believe i should get this and that's where we are and so yeah i I do wonder if a lot of this has to do with the health i don't think that who he is as a person really does anything i mean I, i we don't really hear all we see is a lot of good images about who lamar is and what he does in his community and so i don't think that that's the issue i do think that the main issue is his health and and his durability and being able to complete seasons because he's been been unable to do that the last couple of years. Okay.
3: Well, I want to continue the Lamar conversation. We're going to bring in a friend. So um, let's go to break and then we'll be right back to talk some more Lamar.
4: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts
1: the possibility of someone saying that they're in line with colluding against getting players fully guaranteed contracts and then doing the exact opposite is very possible in this scenario. I say that because I feel like that this non-exclusive tag was given not only from a cap perspective, but also because um, apparently the Ravens know something we don't. First of all, I hate the way I sound on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like yourself, girl. (laughs) You sound great, (laughs) Rihanna. I really hate hearing my voice. But uh, let's continue the Lamar conversation with my girl, Kelsey Nicole Nelson from Valley Sports (laughs) and Fox Sports. Thank you so much for joining us, first of all.
5: Of course. Thank you, ladies, for having me. No better way I'd love to spend a Wednesday than with you all. So I appreciate it so much. Yeah. So so like
1: myself, Kelsey is in the Maryland area. um, And so obviously she, you know, has I'm sure she follows this as well. When you saw the non-exclusive tag and then you saw the domino effect from that yesterday, what was
5: your initial thoughts? You know, I think all of us were waiting for that 4 p.m. deadline and just saying, what in the world are the Baltimore Ravens doing? Because they decided to make us wait literally till the last hour for us to figure out what was going to happen with Lamar Jackson. So honestly, I think this is where we thought we would be, you know, it's basically if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. And Baltimore has been dragging us through the situation with Lamar Jackson Rita for about two years now. We've been saying what are you going to do? Is he the guy? Is he the future of this franchise? So I think for me, it was honestly disheartening, you know, as a Ravens fan, but also I think it just showed you who the Ravens really think they have in Lamar Jackson, they're saying, you know, we keep talking about Lamar Jackson betting on yourself. Well, the Ravens are like, hey, you know, go ahead and bet on yourself. We'll put this tag on you and go test the market. Go see how it is. You know, basically saying, you know, we, we've dated you for a while. We're not sure yet if we want to marry you. So go ahead and test the waters. We'll see if you welcome, you know, welcome you back home. But I think right now we're just seeing there's just so much, so much coming out of Baltimore. It's just, it's just messy business, to be honest with you, Rita. Messy business from everything happening with Lamar to J.K. Dobbins to Rashad Bateman. And this is a Ravens organization that has been highly praised for having their house in order. But As of late it's a messy house and we're seeing all of the mess that's transpiring so i think for me right now you know with lamar jackson i think baltimore showed their hand showed their true colors and now we're just going to wait and see will lamar jackson remain a raven or will another team pick it up so i think they made us wait too long though for this action that it seems like they've been at for a very long time in baltimore it seems like they've had their mind made up for a while.
1: Yeah, it's been about two years since they've been trying to negotiate uh, with Lamar, and it just hasn't worked itself out. And I want to bring up a note, too. In 2009, Ray Lewis, um, they allowed him to test the market as well, um, right. and Ray Lewis went and tested the market. And- didn't like it and obviously came back so it's not uncommon for them to allow players to test the market i think that we are very surprised in terms of the non-exclusive but then again like i said i feel like clearly the ravens know something that we don't and then when you started seeing teams say hey we ain't, we don't want no parts of that maybe that's the what we didn't know and why they did the non-exclusive tag and it adds the fact that $32 million against your cap as opposed to $45 million. That's a $13 million difference. Um, and, it, and it gives you a little bit of leeway because the Ravens right now are over in cap space. Kelsey, exactly you, were,
3: right. you were tweeting a lot about yeah. um, the, the fact that all these teams were coming out publicly. And I don't know if you heard Rita and I earlier, but she believes it's collusion and you see J.J. Watt who's like, why is everyone coming out publicly? So I mean, you expressed some thoughts on Twitter, but I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on the way everyone is just coming out publicly, like we're not interested or, you know, just, I mean, it's Lamar Jackson. I don't understand. I'm I'm so confused.
5: You know, there's a reason why my handle's the real K. Nelson because I had to give the real on social media and Twitter. You know what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson? It's been unprecedented. I mean, right after we find out the Ravens placed this non-exclusive tag on him, then all of a sudden sources are saying teams don't want him. Teams that we actually thought would be top markets for Lamar Jackson. And you know, I think you know you do have to start saying the C word. Yes, collusion. Something's happening. This is Lamar Jackson. We call him Action Jackson for a reason. He's must-watch team. TV. So many young guys call him who they want to be like. He's their role model. I mean, Lamar Jackson, both on and off the football field has really been a standard in the National Football League. Why do a lot of people want to watch the Baltimore Ravens? Because Lamar Jackson is on that football field. You just don't know what he's going to do. And so all of a sudden, we're like, hey, Ravens fans thinking they're going to lose Lamar because other teams would quickly pick him up because he's pretty much the hottest quarterback out there right now. Then all of a sudden, we're hearing, no, we don't want any of that. And it hadn't even been an hour that passed And all of a sudden, you keep hearing all these different NFL teams. And let's be real, don't think these owners and teams don't have conversations and talks and things of that nature. You know, everybody in Washington hit me right up after this happened. Kelsey, Lamar Jackson, he's going to be a commander. He's going to be a commander. And then a little while later, what happened? No, that Eric bien reunion is not going to happen. We're hearing from sources, and it seemed like a perfect fit because, you know, I've been saying for a long time, Eric bien is betting his future as the head coach now on this quarterback in Washington. Do you want it to be Sam Al? Do you want it to be a draft quarterback? Will it be Taylor Heineke? Or, I mean, why would you not want to have a guy like Lamar who's pretty much done everything, a unanimous MVP, a guy that pretty much, if he was healthy this year, this Ravens team would probably be a different team and probably would have went further in the playoffs. So all that to say, I think something is happening here. The Ravens obviously know what's happening here. And I think um, unfortunately it seemed like only Lamar and his mom didn't know what was happening here with this situation. Cause I mean, this is just not a good situation right now for Lamar who is trying to get his money. Lamar has been trying to say, pay me my money. I've done everything on the football field. So the NFL and these teams that desperately need quarterbacks, you're denying a top guy. How is that? Because what's the league about? It's about winning. It's about getting to the Super Bowl. You know, you have Atlanta, a team that people saying it's a perfect fit. You know, we miss Michael Vick. We want the next one. You call Lamar Jackson 2.0 and then you put an article up on the team website basically saying source is saying we're not going to get Lamar Jackson. That just seems a little bit dirty. It's like, so I think we haven't seen the process play out, but it seems like with Lamar pretty much his whole life, he's had to be this underdog and have people unfortunately just deny him, feel like he isn't real, right? He already had to wait till the last pick in the first round to be drafted. And now all of a sudden, Lamar has to wait to see if he can find another place to call home or if he's going back home, but on the Baltimore Ravens' turn. So again, it was just bad. And I think everybody saw it. The last time we saw collusion kind of this nature, and I think really populate on Twitter, you have to go back to the Colin Kaepernick Eric Reed situation, right, in the National Football League yeah. and calling that what it was, right, and potentially them getting blackballed. But Lamar Jackson, there's no reason this guy has not been in trouble. A standout guy. Rita, he's been to the flea market in Baltimore. How many yes. parties- I did to say that. Bill, Bill. He went viral for hugging his young kid, you know, a surprise visit at a hospital. Lamar Jackson is everything you could want and more. I mean, you might even get Kodak Black at a game since that's his best friend. I mean, <laughs> why would you not want this he guy can stay. in stay. stadium? Kodak can, Kodak can stay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kodak says, so no. the He's Well <laughs> <questionable. laughs> Essentially, Lamar has no bad track record. So it's like all of a sudden, why would no team want him when right. everybody wants to watch him play on Sundays? Well, that was going to be my next question. I mean, you kind of touched on it. And
3: I, it's actually my question to both of you. I don't want Rita to kill me here, but, um, you know, I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of a BNME, um, Lamar reunion. Rita, you said you think it's going to work out and you think that it's, you know, he's going to end up in Baltimore. So I want to know why that is. But if it doesn't, I mean, really, who are the potential teams that they're saying all this stuff out now publicly? But we know that teams are interested in Lamar. So I want to hear from both of you on like what direction it could go in. Kelsey, go
5: ahead. You first. Yeah, you know, I think for me, I mean, in Washington, it's literally a perfect fit. Why? Because one, Washington fans, they always bring up the good days. And the last kind of good days in Washington, they go back to that RG3 era. Why was RG3 so popular in Washington? Because he was a dynamic quarterback, both on his legs and with his arm. And I'm going to say that again, a dynamic quarterback with his legs and with his arm. I think right now, Lamar Jackson is the most disrespected quarterback in the National Football League. He can do it both ways. Washington, you have these bright, young receivers. You have Terry McLaurin, who who wouldn't want to have him as a quarterback. You have Jahan Doxon, this young stud that stepped up. And then, oh, by the way, you bring in a Super Bowl winner and Eric Bieniemy, who needs to be paired with a solid quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson could be the perfect fit. Not too far, obviously, from Baltimore as well. And, you know, at first, I thought this was far-fetched. Like Rita, I really do see Lamar ending up back in Baltimore just because of everything that's happening right now. And probably not what he, what he wanted, you know, not the way he wanted to end up back in Baltimore. He wanted it on his own terms. But if I was Lamar and if I were the commanders, and let's also remember the commanders are going right now, potentially this sale that's looked like it's going through, finding this new owner. It's kind of like Washington wanting to start a new page. Why not do it with a guy like a Lamar Jackson, a guy who can spread the ball down the football field. He can get it done on his legs. He adds another dynamic to this offense, an offense that was stopped just short this year by the Cleveland Browns, you know, and Carson Wentz, you know, and trying to get off of that wreck train. So all that to say, I think it would be good. Washington fans would welcome him with open arms to FedEx field every Sunday that this man is playing. And I eric b i mean you go from patrick mahomes and patrick mahomes is patrick mahomes i don't need to say anything about that but lamar i think is a different element i think it's a different challenge he said he came to washington because he wanted a challenge i think lamar is the perfect fit to a challenge that he could get in washington and i really think if eric b wants to prove himself and these are two guys that are looking to prove himself i think washington would be the perfect fit uh for lamar and i see why fans are wanting it why they're craving it it's just going to be fans if we can see it really happening but if i'm lamar jackson hey Played in the nation's capital on Sundays. I've got a great defense as well, in addition to the other side of the football. So, other than the messiness that happens in the front office, Washington is not a bad place to go.
1: If I'm a couple of reasons why I don't think it's Washington, one, um, I think that. The owner as of right now, Dan Snyder, because we although we do know that he has to sell the team or is selling the team, I think he gets back in good graces with the owners. If he sides with the owners as of right now, there's uh, rumors going around that he doesn't want certain people to be the owner. And if he goes out with the way in terms of a vote out, I think that he doesn't have a choice. But if he stays with the guys, he's allowed to pick and choose who he wants to be the owner. There's that. Secondly, that field is terrible. If you ever been to FedEx Field, <laughs> ask RG3 about the FedEx Field. Ooh. Ask RG3. It's terrible. <laughs> yes, he has players around him, but if I'm a quarterback and I run, I'm not interested in playing at FedEx Field by any means. It's one of the worst surfaces in the National Football League. Do they have as much money as the Atlanta Falcons? I don't know. As of right now, the Falcons have $66 million in free cap space. six. Six which means that the second highest cap space available in the National Football League. It makes more sense from a cultural perspective because we know that they love guys like Michael Vick who they've had at one point in time. It makes sense from a money perspective because they can afford to give him the most money in terms of maximizing their upfront and it gives them a fresh start away and closer to home. He's from Miami or outside of Miami. He's from Florida, so he's closer to to Florida in that regard. I think that it does continue to be in the NFC, but I think the Daniel Snyder controversy around it plus the field actions, make this a little bit not as good as we'd like for it to be. And I'm not saying this because I live in Baltimore. I'm saying that the Atlanta Falcons, to me, have the best situation in terms of giving him what he's asking for, as opposed to the Washington Commanders.
3: Well, that is why they call you the NFL chick. <laughs> uh, all right, I want to switch gears a little bit to the NBA, if that's okay. Because Kelsey, I want to keep talking to you more and more, and you have so much knowledge. But the NBA, my my love child, what I what I love. <laughs> uh, there's been a, a a debate that's been like ongoing a lot, just a lot of debates. The MVP discussion is yeah. a discussion that always. It just, it's polarizing like every year, some years more than others. And this year, um, it's just, uh, we've discussed it a lot on this show and I've been accused and called so many names for some of my takes, but uh, it's, it's, this one is one of those polarizing ones and it's because Jokic uh, would be getting, if he wins and he appears to be the apparent front runner, uh, he would be winning his third MVP a consecutive MVP three times in a row. And for some, and I'm one of those some, I'm like, ah. you know, uh, if you look at the MVP on an individual season basis, of course, any individual year, actually, I don't think he deserved it last year, but his first year and this year, I feel pretty strongly that, you know, you look at what he's doing, where his team is in the standings, Uh, how efficient he is on the floor, how much he impacts his teammates and raises their level. Clear cut case for MVP. And this year is probably one of the most clear cut cases, which is why understandably his supporters push back and they say, what do you mean? And they start telling you all his stats like you don't know them um and i said well it just seems that he's being treated differently than past mvp winners who have won two mvps in a row the season always started with us hearing oh there's voter fatigue and like the person wasn't even considered and it just doesn't seem like those same standards are being applied to him and everyone has all the, the reasons for why they say that but others including myself has said like look there's somewhat of a a race factor you know that he may be benefiting from and that was a discussion yesterday between Kendrick Perkins and JJ Redick and it had NBA Twitter going crazy had them going crazy um, and I think because the moment you even bring up race people go get very defensive right and they're like they're not racist and I don't think that when you say race it means that they're racist but it's a very natural thing there are implicit biases there are unconscious biases and there's a very, uh, there's a, it's, it's a human thing to lean towards something that you identify with, someone who looks like you, something you can relate to, and that doesn't make anyone inherently racist, that's just a human thing. The difference, though, with uh, people in the majority or people who have power, who have decision-making ability, is that you have to be able to check yourself and make sure none of those biases are at play. So I want to be clear that I don't think anyone is intentionally factoring in race, but I don't think that we can so easily just push back and say, no, it's not a factor because of the people that have won three consecutive MVPs in a row, because we know Michael Jordan has more than three and LeBron has more than three, but of the players in the NBA history who have won three, there's only three of them, I believe, and two have been white, (laughs) Larry Bird, who is great, but there was also a little like, you know, there was some of that with Larry Bird too, the great white hope kind of syndrome. And then now Jokic may be up for it. And in a league that is predominantly black, that's not something that you can just look at and say, it's a coincidence. Like that, that's, it, it's, it's noticeable and it stands out. So I know I said a lot, but I just wanted to kind of set the backdrop for the conversation and where I'm coming from on this. And I'm just curious to know what both of you, what your thoughts were on what transpired if, you, if you've seen between um, Kendrick Perkins and JJ Redick.
5: Yeah, you know, I think for me, Nat, and I'm so glad that you guys are bringing this up on the show because, as you said, so many people are afraid to touch race. They're afraid to start controversy. For me, this is why I got into journalism. I studied broadcast journalism and African American studies at the University of Maryland. So shout out to the TERPS because when you look at media through a lens, I mean, we all come from our own personal experiences, right? So everything that I view comes from the lens of me being a Black woman. And that's everything that I view. And as you said, when you say race, people automatically assume that it means racism. And that's not what it means. But you also can't say that race doesn't play a factor folks race has played a factor in everything from this country from the beginning of the time this country started and it's intersected into everything that we do and so i think kendrick per- perkins was making a valid point but everybody because i think one because the center he's kendrick perkins, you know people assume that he's just wants to start stuff and you know you know everybody has their own thoughts about that but as you said implicitly or explicitly, race does play a factor. This is not taking away anything from Nikola Jokic. The man is playing lights-out basketball this year. I mean, averaging a triple, double. I think what he's doing also, just when you think about Europe and European basketball players, I mean, he's also elevated that to a whole nother level. But all that to say is, you can't sit here and say that race does not play a factor at all. It kind of goes back, honestly, to the conversation we're having about Lamar Jackson as well. He's a black quarterback playing in the National Football League, trying to do it on his own without an agent. That matters, folks. It does. It's part of the narrative yeah, it's part of the story. Nicole Jokic has been good. He has been great. He's gotten Denver to this point. But Joel Embiid, you know, he said last year after, like, what more do I need to do? You know, it's like the Tyrese, Tyrese meme. You know, what more do you guys need from me? I mean, Joel Embiid continued <laughs> me to play just great basketball for the Philadelphia 76ers, proving his worth, proving his need. And I think the MVP race, I think it is close. You have those two as front runners. But again, you're naive to say that race does not play a factor. How you view Nicole Jokic is going to be different than how you view Joel Embiid. It's going to be different Factors and reasons why, but race is going to come up into that, and so I think you know I think it's the needed conversations you know that we must have as a society and as a country. Folks are scared to touch it, but you need to touch it. Folks, race again it's part of the NBA. Not decided. The NBA is the predominantly African American ball players. They're the ones that we love watching. And again, this is not to take away anything else from any other guys. I mean, you can look at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, a black man. That's from Europe, right? So he has a different dynamic. You know, being that um, as such. But I think Nikola Jokic, again, I think he is viewed differently. You know, you talk about, you know, the recency bias that might be there, the fatigue bias. But still, everybody I talk to, that says, yeah, this guy is the clear frontrunner, not even really considering, you know, Joel Embiid. And yeah, he's played good. He's played great. You know, Giannis is close. But that's kind of where we've come as a society. So yeah, just let's just name it what it is. Let's stop letting it be like a little whisper um, in the room. And I think we do need to talk about it. That's how we're going to advance. The NBA has you know, prided itself on being a league of advancement, on being a league of social justice, on being a league that's not afraid to talk about these issues. So point blank period, here we are, it is an issue, it is a matter, and it must be discussed. So thank you, ladies, again, for bringing this up. And I do think it needs to come, you know, to the forefront. And again, it's not a hush-hush matter, but race does play a factor. Maybe not for, everyone's not going to maybe say it again explicitly, but implicitly, everybody has their own bias that they bring to everything that they do. And again, it's based on our experiences, our circumstances. And so I do think that plays a factor. But I get why Nicole Jokic isn't trying to get into anything. He's focused on playing basketball yeah. and trying to lead to to hopefully go further this season, right? It's one thing to be good in the regular season. We need you to be good um, in the postseason. But I really do hope Joel B gets his fair shot um, and just his fair, you know, chance at, you know, getting that. You know, MVP means a lot. And this man has played his heart out. He's changed. He's helped to change the game, both of them. We love watching them each night. I'm like, you know, I love basketball. And these two guys are yes. a But, you know, more, I think, needs to happen with this conversation.
3: It sounds like you think Embiid should maybe be the front runner or he would have your Embiid. That's what vote I, that's if what you I were got voting. from this. You are yeah, like, it's, like, it's close NBA. for me. I
5: mean, Jokic is just playing like Joel Embiid right now, averaging a career high. But, Nick, I mean, Nikola Jokic I and mean, what he's done. You talk about his passing skills. You talk about, again, averaging a triple double, not easy to do. So I think, you know, you can say right now, Nikola Jokic is the front runner, but what I'm saying is you can't automatically erase all of a yes. sudden Joel and in the conversation. We've got, what, about less than 20 NBA games left in this season, right? So there's still time, I think, to tell, but I do think Joel Embiid does deserve consideration. If I'm Joel Embiid, I'm feeling a little bit salty too. Like, hey, yeah. what about me? I'm also playing, you know, on this hard court every single night, sweating each and every night, you know, to give it my all. So I I just do think it doesn't have to be talked about. And
3: Giannis too, Rita. I want to give you the last word on this
5: before we go.
1: I mean, real quick, I just, look, she said everything that I was going to say, because two things can be true, right? Um, Kendrick Perkins could be a little messy, you know, because that's what we like, a little messy and, and sass, and, 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 and journalism it seems, when we, you know, see certain things. But also, there can be recency bias. There could be racial bias, even though a person is qualified and even though they should be a candidate. All of those things could be true. And so I really think that... that we can say that he is absolutely qualified to be in the conversation. He's done He's done what he was supposed to do to, to try to contend to have a consecutive MVP, but it's also okay to say, well, yeah, because we remember what he did last year and he's continuing what he's doing or gotten better this year. And then also, yeah, I mean, maybe the people that are voting are like, yeah, let's give it to him because of some racial bias. And it's okay for us to say that out loud without it being a conversation about racism as opposed to just racial and recency bias.
3: Yeah, I find it interesting that people were so quick to say, like, look, we know that racial, their racial biases in, like, all aspects of sport," so they wanted to, like, acknowledge that and kind of, like, push back at JJ about that. But then they were like, but there's nothing here with the MVP. And I was like... But so when it comes to evaluating player talent, players coming out the draft, uh, all these different things we know about how black players are discussed versus non-black players, we acknowledge that there's racial bias there, but then we think, or some kind of bias but then we think but in this particular case there's no bias at all it's just like and it exists on both sides i just want to say that sometimes the pushback against yokage is because he is white or foreign and you know like people bring up xenophobia so it cuts both ways but that's just my simple point it's nuanced it's a nuanced conversation multiple things can be true and we should just have the conversation versus just getting defensive and pushing back so i'm so happy you guys joined today so we could talk about this and Keep being real, Kelsey. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us
1: today. <laughs> thank you, ladies. I so appreciate you all. This is fun. <laughs> thank you. We enjoyed that immensely, friend. Very much
3: so.
0: <laughs> Obviously, being in the run in the last two years, you know, has been whatever. And, you know, this year, you know, I've taken a different approach. Just trying to focus on the right things, uh, you know, win games, dominate, you uh, which I've been doing, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, You know, obviously, we wouldn't love to, you know, win one. That's the, you know, the best award anyone, anyone can get.
3: We are here today on Women's Wednesdays, but our brothers have joined us. Vincent Goodwill and Sherrod Blakely. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm just
2: glad to get the invite to be in the club. <laughs> <laughs> i glad to
1: get the invite.
3: Uh, Sherrod, I don't know if you know Rita yet. Vincent, you know Rita, right? But- I, know, I, know, oh, I know. I've
6: seen Rita's know, movies. Trust me. I've seen Rita's <laughs> movies.
1: Wait a minute, man. Don't be telling no <laughs> secrets. <I mean.
6: laughs> Vincent Goodwill, are you starting trouble again? Not in, in never. Period, no. Not never. Not never.
3: Okay, so I want to know because, I mean, Vincent, you've been, I'm going to start with you because you've been on the show, like, obviously regularly, but we've talked about MVP already, you know, on this show. So you heard what Joel Embiid had to say last night. Um, Chris Haynes was asking him about um, MVP. And earlier, he also like made a statement like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm still the best player on the court. And look, every player should think that whether we all agree that he is or isn't. But I just want to know right now, what are your current thoughts on the MVP race? I want to say maybe it was about a month ago, a ESPN straw poll came out and it had like Jokic <laughs> clearing, clearing everybody. Um, now at this state with around 20 or so NBA games left, is Joel Embiid in the race? Is it Giannis? I saw you kind of tweeting about MVP yesterday. So I want to know your thoughts on the current status of the race.
6: I haven't decided my vote yet. I think anybody who has a decided vote right now would be completely disingenuous. I think, as far as the race itself, those straw polls, I think can be, I won't say misleading, but it can lead to groupthink. You know, that's the one thing that I hate about the MVP conversation as a whole for the past 10 years has been overwhelmingly large margins. Of victory, whether it was, you know, Steph winning unanimous MVP, which I think was deserved, and LeBron winning it and only missing about one vote. You know, it's been large margins. So this kind of follows the trend of that because I think people get bullied online by saying, hey, our guy is this. And if you don't see it, you're a brute and you're uncouth. And I think. Like I think last year was a little more difficult to discern. Last year, I voted for Giannis. This year, I could see myself giving my vote to Jokic because of the team success, not necessarily the triple doubles, but because he's checking off a lot of different boxes. And Bede has to be feeling like, man, what else do I have to do to win an MVP here because of everything he's doing, especially on the defensive end? He's probably going to be a victim of his team, even though his team has been really kind of good It could just be a matter of Jokic is Jordan to his Clyde Drexler, and he's just a victim of his time. And the funny thing is, ladies, neither one of those dudes is Giannis. Neither one of those dudes is the best player in basketball on both ends of the floor. So as great as they both are, Giannis could still wind up winning the award and maybe should.
1: Well, why why is it that you, you didn't choose Giannis right now? Because you just said, if I had to pick, you know, be, it would be, why wouldn't it be Giannis feeling the way that you do, just saying, you know, great things about him
6: and all? Well, Rita, just because he's missing games. That's all. And okay. if, if he plays every okay. game the rest of the way and he reaches a, a certain threshold, I can easily shift that, especially if the Bucks win 60 games. You have a hard time seeing teams win 60 games, having a front-line player like that, and not being given super strong MVP consideration. Right now, my vote is still up in the air. And anybody who said it's Jokic, or a bust, I think they're being really disingenuous and they're not watching enough basketball.
3: So Sherrod, let me ask you this question. Um, where do you, where are your thoughts on the race? And is Jason Tatum, who never even really ever seemed to be in it? Um, Is he completely out of it? Because, I mean, when I say never in it, I just don't usually see him as the front runner um, leading, you know, whatever the straw polls, even when I see, like, the power rankings. He just doesn't seem to be inserted into the conversation the way the other three have been. And then the Celtics have taken a recent sort of spiral. They've lost three in a row. So what are your thoughts on Tatum and then more so on the Celtics as well?
4: Well,
2: I think the fact that he's slowly entering the conversation says a lot about his growth. I mean, you're talking about Giannis, who's won it twice. You're talking about Jokic, who's won it. And you're talking about Joel Abid, who has been the Susan Lucci of the MVP race. He's always going to be in that top two or three, but he's not going to win it because his team is not built to be anything other than one of the better teams, but not the best team the teams that we're talking about, you're talking about Denver, you talking about Milwaukee, you talk about Boston. The one thing they all have in common is at some point they were the team that others were frankly had the, the target on their backs. That's never happened with Yol and B for the most part in Philadelphia. They've always been the team on the come up. So Joel, I love your game, but I have to put you in that 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 box off to the side nice but not today. Okay. This MVP race is going to be a three-person race. It's going to be Jason Tatum because of the season that the Celtics have had. It's going to be Giannis because they're going to finish with either the first or second-best record in the NBA. And Denver is going to be the best team out west record-wise. And that's why those guys are so, I think, solidly in the conversation because of their own individual success and the team success. I don't care if you score 30 points a game. Your, t- if your team is, like, f- winning, you know, 32 games and losing 48, f- 50 you don't matter to me. I need winners. I need winners. You know that. Yeah, so you think Tatum... Look, don't so give you, me that look, Goodwill. Don't give me that look. You think Tatum is still in the race,
3: Sherrod? You think Tatum is still in the race? Because I feel like he's being discounted.
2: Well, I, I think he has fallen off because the team has fallen off. And I think Giannis... And to me... Giannis has always been in that top two, three conversation the entire season, but I think the last, I'd say eight, nine, 10 games, I think he's really catapulted himself. He should be at the top of the heap. Jokić just had a great season and so have the Denver Nuggets, uh, and he's earned the right to be in that conversation. But to, to Vinny's point earlier, you cannot look at any individual player and say, that's the guy. He's your MVP. There's still too many games, and I don't think there's enough separation among the teams or the top players.
1: I want to talk to you guys about, since we're already talking about the East, Nat, on her feed today, she mentions the Wild Wild West. And obviously, she's talking about the Western Conference uh, for the NBA. But uh, the East is is an intriguing conversation because a month ago, I probably would have said, I feel like the Celtics really, it's theirs to win it. It's theirs to lose, excuse me. And then February happened. And now I have to change my thought process about that <laughs> um, because you know the the Bucks did what they did; they did what they had to do. So when you see this starting to unfold, because we're getting very close to the playoffs, how do you see this going in the East with the Big Three in, in terms of the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Seventy Sixers?
6: Well, I, I'll, I'll let Sherrard right, go. Age before beauty. Go
2: ahead. Wow. So I guess you're not going at all then today. Is that what you're saying? You're done for the day. But anyway, I will say this: I don't. I just can't bring myself to bring Philadelphia into the conversation. I just don't think they're deep enough. I don't think they have enough depth. I don't think they have enough pieces around Joel to make it worthwhile to entertain them as a possibility. I think right at this point, it's Milwaukee's to lose. I think Milwaukee is playing better basketball. They've got their best player who night in and night out is going to be the best player on the floor. And as good as Jason Tatum has been, uh, Giannis has been better this year, and to me, that's why Milwaukee is the team that, if you have to put, if you had to put your chips all in on one team, that's the team I would go with.
3: Do you think the Celtics can retake that top spot, or you think they forfeited it for the season?
2: They can, because remember, we we saw how good they were at the beginning of the season. But to me, the, the issue isn't so much. Are they capable of doing it it's can they get back to being the team that they were at the start of the season did they peak too soon i know that's something i've certainly finding myself asking a, a lot lately did they hit that that high threshold mark way too soon it remains to be seen they do have the ability to get back there but right now i, I gotta go with milwaukee as a team to beat uh, in the east
6: there's a joke i want to say about shara but i would just say to my mentor i have taught you well through the years i have definitely yeah taught you well. What I will say, I have been, yes, I have been with Milwaukee from the start of the season. Usually when all things are created equal, tie goes to the team with the best player that has been the case through time. That has been the case out West with Steph Curry, as long as he's been running things in the Western Conference. If two things are equal, usually the tiebreaker is the best player. That's Giannis, the best two-way force in the game. Now, I think Boston has a higher ceiling because they are a more potent three-point shooting team when they're on. You you can go from all angles. You can go from the Jalen Browns to the Tatums to the Grant Williams when he has a game. All those guys, if they're on, they're almost unbeatable. But it's so hard to predict how they'll perform in a seven-game series with that. Milwaukee is just kind of like that, just that consistent car. You know what I mean? They ain't gonna go 75, 85 all the time, but they don't get to a good 70. They are gonna stay there consistently. And that's Giannis, and that's Chris Middleton, and that's Drew Holiday. I firmly believe in that. This is probably where we part ways. I believe that if the Milwaukee Bucks were healthy last year, they would have repeated. And I think they still come. I I don't
3: agree with that. I don't. Let's get
2: him, Matt. Let's get him.
6: He's wrong. You know he's wrong. Of course. Of course. You're not going to agree with me. But lies don't (laughs) care who tell it and need to do the truth. And I'm a truth teller. And I'm going to tell it like a TI is. I think... The Milwaukee Bucks are the most completely built basketball team. The
3: Celtics do not right win now. that series last year. That's my opinion. Um, not with Chris the- Middleton
6: out there, not a team missing yes. their second best player. Come on, Natalie. You have don't.
3: You I no, do believe I that because Tatum stepped up and went toe-to-toe with Giannis. And I feel like that gets overlooked. Like, I get it. They were missing a player, but he still stepped up. They went into Milwaukee and won a game there when Milwaukee could have closed it out. So, I mean, give them their credit. I'm not convinced just because...
6: Um, All credit due. Every championship won has a matter of luck. Every yeah. road has a matter of luck. Includes, so, how are you convinced that Milwaukee
2: it, would have repeated if you if luck is involved? How are you convinced that they were like,
6: repeated? Because Sensei, repeated as a, at a as a full, as a full roster, and whether you include luck or not, I'm just prognosticating. If Chris Middleton as the second best player, as the guy who put up a 40 piece in a finals game when they were down 2 0 at the crib, I think that they could have stepped up and taken that series. Remember, they won game five in Boston that swing game. Yeah, they gave it away in game six, but they won a swing game five on the road. Usually that means you go home and close it out with your stars. They just didn't have the stars to compete with everything that Boston had. Boston won that series and they earned it. But if you're asking me if all things were created equal, I will take the Bucks last year and this year. Of I course, could be wrong
3: if if the Bucks advanced. drew would have been exhausted running around chasing the splash brothers. I don't want to hear about it. Um, go. Okay. I want to move to the West really quickly. So, but I just want to know are the Knicks just a cool story in the east? I mean, I don't believe in them, but I'm getting a lot of flack because I don't believe in them on, from NBA Twitter. So I'm just curious like where, what's their ceiling?
2: The Knicks will – I'm looking forward to that first-round matchup between them and Cleveland because I I do believe that's going to be your 4-5 matchup. I don't care who's at home. That's a great first-round matchup. I am willing to take a little swig of that New York Knicks Kool-Aid, but I will not take a big, big, big gulping help. No, they're not that good. They're better than people, I think, who have been dumping on them uh, believe they are, but they're not a championship caliber team. They're not. I don't believe they're a team that'll get any further than the second round of the playoffs. Which for the New York Knicks is you, you damn near got a. Uh, you know, you might get a parade. Oh, parade. Get well, the they, they celebrated the last time that they won a
1: exactly. play. They won one playoff game and they celebrated. So I mean, exactly. I I'm always down for. I just, I yeah, I just that remember
2: when yeah you know, when they had Carmelo Anthony and they beat the subs in the first round. You'd have thought that they just got the Larry O'Brien Trophy that night. <laughs> the way they was acting. And, which is sad. I mean, as as someone who grew up in upstate New York to watch the Knicks act, act as if that's like a big deal. But bottom line is this, they are a quality team. And I think the biggest reason why they're better now is Tom Thibodeau. just said, you know what? We are not going to play this, this grinded out style of basketball. We're just going to let it fly. And we're going to play, get back and play defense. That's all we're going to do. Shot Chuck, get back on defense. That's literally what they're doing now. And I'm watching him play this, the Celtics the other night. And I'm thinking like, damn, Julius Randle has the green light, but damn, every single other guy that shot on the squad got the green light too. They, I mean, they made Emmanuel Quigley look like, like damn Isaiah Thomas. That's the non-bible spelled Isaiah Thomas from Detroit. Not the one that played <laughs> in Boston. He got anywhere he wanted to. And to me, I love watching the Knicks play now because they, they look like they're having fun out there. They don't look like, you know, they, they got a coach saying you gotta play defense, and when you're not playing defense, you gotta get back on defense. So Knicks are real. Okay. Second round.
3: Okay, well, we didn't talk about the West, but another cool story over there are the Kings. So tell me, Vincent, do the Kings hold on to that two spot now that they're yes. there?
6: Uh, you got to tell me if John Moran plays another game this year.
3: Well, that's what I was going to say. How Ooh. far does
6: the, the Grizzlies
3: fall? We, You need to come back on and let's talk about that.
6: Yeah, we'll talk about that. And Sherrod, I'm got, I going to talk to you offline.
1: <laughs> oh, I got something
6: <laughs> for you too, Daniel Shine. Fellas, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, see y'all, <laughs> see y'all.
3: <laughs> Well this has been a great way To spend International Women's Day And uh, our own NBC Sports asked who comes to mind On International Women's Day And who's your favorite And they have a picture of Serena So I'm curious for you Rita Who,
1: who comes to mind for you um, I could name athletes and Serena obviously is up there because of all the accomplishments that she's, you know, had over the course of her career. But, you know, you and I, we're in the sports business. I'm going to go with ladies like Jane Kennedy and, and, and Pam Oliver. Those are the ladies that I'm big up in because there's no me without them. And um, I truly respect them, appreciate them. And I, I've looked up to them for a long time
3: yeah no that makes perfect sense like obviously you're right it is serena but there's just so many women to name who i admire including yourself so i really couldn't pick one but i'm so grateful for trailblazers like you who continue to pave the way for us shout out to all the ladies yes
1: happy women's day everyone